Merry Christmas, fellow football fanatics. The seventh-ranked 11-1 Ohio State Buckeyes will take on the ninth-ranked 10-2 Missouri Tigers in this year's edition of the Cotton Bowl, which is going to be the first of six New Year's Six Bowl games this college football season. The Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl obviously are the college football playoff matchups, and if you're curious about my thoughts and preview and predictions regarding those important college football playoff semifinal games, you can find the links to those videos in the description, in the pinned comment, and also in the top right corner of this video. But this matchup has a lot of intrigue to it, and that's in part due to Missouri having one of their best teams, or more accurately, their best team potentially in the past decade. Their top 10, 10 and 2, Brady Cook is improved as a quarterback, and Cody Schrader is a lethal running back. Luther Burden III is an NFL wide receiver right now. And for Ohio State, they have a lethal running back in Travion Henderson and an NFL receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. But they're going to have a new starting quarterback in this game. Very likely that Devin Brown is going to be starting for the Ohio State Buckeyes as Kyle McCord transferred away to Syracuse at the conclusion of the regular season. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show, grab some food and a drink if you need to keep you entertained. But we're going to be previewing and giving a prediction for the 2023 Cotton Bowl. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam, and Merry Christmas to all of you. Just want to say that one more time. And God bless you all, and I hope that you had a great day and that you have a good rest of your week. Before we resume this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release preview and prediction videos for other New Year's Six Bowl games. The Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl I've already made preview and prediction videos for. In fact, multiple preview videos. I'll be doing additional content on the Cotton Bowls that features Ohio State. And the Peach Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the Orange Bowl, I will be releasing a preview and prediction video at the bare minimum for each of those games. If you want to support the channel as well, you can check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the pinned comment. And I especially encourage you, speaking of the comment section, to comment your thoughts down below, your opinions, your analysis, and your prediction. Who do you think is going to win this matchup? Because Ohio State, they're going to be in new territory with a new starting quarterback. And Missouri, just on a basic talent level, strength of record level, and just historically speaking, is the inferior team compared to Ohio State. But Eli Drinkwitz has done a good job of building up this program. Missouri is working the transfer portal, and they're doing well in recruiting. Ohio State always recruits well. They have yet to land a transfer, but I think that they'll land some in the spring cycle or potentially toward the end of the current December transfer portal cycle. And Ryan Day is an elite head coach, in my mind, with an elite staff. So I'm excited to watch this game. I'm excited to live review this game. It's something else that I wanted to mention is I am going to be live reviewing 
every game that features a Big Ten team in addition to all the playoff games. So Texas-Washington, Michigan-Alabama, Penn State-Ole Miss, and Ohio State-Missouri, I am going to be live and giving play-by-play, commentary, and also answering your comments in the live chat during those videos. So hit the notification bell and subscribe again if you want to be live with me during those games. But let's dive into the matchup here between these two teams. This game will be played in AT&T Stadium between a 10-2 Missouri team that, according to ESPN's FPI, is wildly overrated, and an 11-1 Ohio State team that ESPN's FPI actually views as underrated. The Buckeyes are given a 75.5% chance to win per ESPN's FPI, and in spite of Ohio State's massive talent advantage, the fact that no Ohio State players have opted out yet who are healthy and who are starting. Kyle McCord is transferred, and Chip Trainum has transferred, along with Kai Stokes and Cameron Martinez, but those were rotational players at best, and the only starter was Kyle McCord. In spite of some injuries to key Missouri defenders and the fact that Ohio State is pretty healthy and they're only going to have a change at quarterback, which is a pretty significant change, but regardless... The Buckeyes are only favored by one point, according to Vegas and ESPN bet, while per ESPN's FPI, Ohio State should be favored by 12 points. That's a massive swing, and I understand why new quarterback Devin Brown did not look particularly good when he played against Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, and he really was put in the position to be a really a wildcat red zone quarterback toward the end of the season, but he has capability, athleticism, quite a strong arm, and I imagine with a month to prepare in this game that he will play one of his best games of the season, or at least some of his best series of the season. Also, Missouri, they have a capable run game, and they have a capable offense all around that could test this Ohio State defense in a new way. Ohio State this season has not faced a offense that I would classify as good outside of Michigan. I think Michigan is a great near-elite offense, but Penn State just had an above-average offense with a defense that constantly fed them the football via turnovers. Maryland had an above-average offense, and everyone else they played outside of maybe Notre Dame, who I think had an above-average average offense just with a massive talent gap between most of their opponents, which inflated their scores, most of Ohio State's other opponents had pretty porous, bad to, at best, below-average offenses. So this Missouri O with Luther Burden III, Cody Schrader, with Brady Cook, and just with a variety of weapons and a plethora of good pass catchers could test Ohio State defensively. And... Eli Drinkwitz had success at Appalachian State, and he came to Missouri and came close to success last season and this season, appearing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Regardless of the outcome, this is going to be a successful season for the Missouri Tigers. 32% of you out of about 3,200 voters in my preview and prediction poll for this game, 32% of you picked Missouri to win, about 1,020 of you all. And 
68% of you picked Ohio State around 2,180. I think in this game, the key matchup to look out for is both teams rushing offense versus the opposing front six or front seven, whether they run, you know, four, two, five, or a traditional four, three or traditional front seven. Look, I'm very curious to see how Cody Schrader does against an Ohio state defense. That's extremely conservative and is willing to give up yards in between the twenties. And I'm curious to see how Missouri's defense who from what I have come to understand has more potential in ceiling at the defensive back position than at the front seven. Missouri this season has nine interceptions, 42 passes defended, nine fumble recoveries. They do have 35 sacks, and they're led in sacks with Darius Robinson and also Johnny Walker Jr. I'm interested to see how Missouri's defense is going to match up against an Ohio State team that has an extremely capable running back in Travion Henderson and good interior trench play but questions at tackle and really questions overall on their offensive line. That's what I'm curious about. In regards to what is not the most important matchup, but probably the most fascinating matchup, I would say it's these teams' wide receivers against their secondaries because that's the strength of both of these teams is their receiver core and their defensive back room. It's pretty impressive like with what Missouri has done with Theo Weiss Jr., Mookie Cooper, Marquise Johnson, and Luther Burden III, all of these receivers have 300 yards or more. Luther Burden III has 83 receptions and 1,197 receiving yards. For Ohio State, we all know that they have Maserati Marv, Marvin Harrison Jr., who has 1,211 receiving yards, 14 receiving touchdowns, Emeka Egbuka, has 452 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. Julian Fleming entered the transfer portal, but Carnell Tate, Xavier Johnson, and Brandon Innes will likely see some playing time in this game. And at tight end for both of these teams, that's an intriguing matchup. Cade Stover with 576 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. Then for Missouri, Brett Norfleet with 195 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. This is a matchup that I think features great perimeter play, great skill position play, but I think the most important matchup is looking at the rushing offenses and rushing defenses of both of these teams. And Missouri this season has had the better rush offense. There's no question about that, but I think that Ohio State has had the better run defense. Looking at things from a purely position point of view, which factors in talent and tries to compartmentalize different positions on the teams instead of looking at overall performance. I do think that Ohio State has a lopsided advantage here in terms of team talent, in terms of coaching, and in terms of execution and also efficiency. I mean, Missouri had games against Florida, games against Middle Tennessee State and games against Kansas State where they pulled away in close matchups. It's a similar story in my mind to the Washington Huskies, who are 13-0, Missouri's 10-2, but much like Washington, Missouri has had this habit of finding ways to win close games. 
Look at Middle Tennessee State, 1 by 4. Kansas State, 1 by 3. Memphis, 1 by 7. Memphis and Middle Tennessee State are nowhere in in the same universe that Missouri is in the SEC. And Kansas State's a, a good football team. So against inferior competition and great teams, Missouri has found ways to win. They played very competitively with LSU, given how LSU, much like Ohio State, has a massive talent advantage over the Tigers. They played competitively with Kentucky before eventually pulling away. They beat Florida by two. So the Tigers have found ways to win, and they have, quite frankly, I think done more with less. But the Ohio State Buckeyes, what they have done all season long, they haven't been efficient in the sense of what do you do with the talent that you have. But in a general sense, they're still one of the best teams in the country. They're 11-1. and Their defense has been mightily efficient and effective. The offense has sputtered at times, but a lot of that's due to the offensive line, I think. And I think McCord sh- shouldered a lot of blame for some circumstances and events that more so had to do with his offensive line than his own performance. But McCord was no C.J. Stroud. He was no Justin Fields, no Dwayne Haskins. And Devin Brown, I'm just going to have to make the assumption based off of what I've seen that he will be even more of a rough and raw passer than Kyle McCord. Brady Cook, meanwhile, is experienced. Brady Cook has made significant improvements compared to last season. He is 16th in quarterback efficiency rating per ESPN with a 77.2 QBR, 20 passing touchdowns, 6 interceptions, He has a 158.1 passer rating this season compared to a 133.2 passer rating last season. He has 253 rushing yards and 8 rushing touchdowns on 94 carries. His offensive line has protected him serviceably, only allowing Brady Cook to get sacked 20 times this season. And in terms of special teams, Ohio State's nearly outside of the top 100 in special teams efficiency. Missouri is inside of the top 50 there. So... I think that's a no-brainer. I think those are the two positions where Missouri does have an advantage, and I think it is somewhat of a significant advantage, not just at special teams, but at quarterback, given that Brady Cook has several more starts under his belt, and even if Devin Brown has a higher talent ceiling, you're not going to see that come out in one game. I highly doubt that. But the Buckeyes, I think, have an advantage defensively nearly everywhere. I do think that at this very moment, they have the better offensive line, though at the beginning and middle of the season, I would have told you that Missouri had the better offensive line. And at skill positions, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, I do think Ohio State holds a lead there. But Missouri is closer than most teams are to Ohio State in these areas. Luther Burden third, and Theo Weiss and Mookie Cooper, that is going to be a wide receiver room that on an average player performance basis, is going to be close to a room that includes Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka, who are NFL-level players, but also Carnell Tate and Brandon Innes, who are great receivers in their own right, but don't have the same experience that these Missouri and also typical Ohio State starters have. And at running back, Travion Henderson, I think, is underrated right now, just because he suffered an injury in the middle of the season and he was 
I don't want to say sat out because that makes it sound like he just quit on the team, but he sat out for health reasons. There, I, I averted a disaster. He sat out for health reasons, and right now, Travion Henderson, I think, is one of the better running backs in all of college football right now. He has 137 carries, 854 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns. Cody Schrader has 247 carries, 1,489 rushing yards, and 13 rushing touchdowns. I think Cody Schrader is a great running back. I just think that Travion Henderson, if he was healthy in all of those games and playing like he is right now and like he has been since the month of November, he would be recognized appropriately as one of the best running backs in the country. There's no doubt about that. So that's my opinion. I think that running back is up for debate. I think that offensive line is up for debate. I think those are the main two positions that you could say should or could be flipped in Missouri's favor. Lastly, I do think Ohio State has the better staff. What Jim Knowles has done defensively is impressive, and I think that he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. And Ryan Day at Ohio State, he has a higher winning percentage than Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, and I think he's only behind Kalen DeBoer in that area in active college football head coaches. But that's not to say that Missouri doesn't have a good staff as well. Blake Baker, he has been a good defensive coordinator this season, and Kirby Moore has manned one of the better offenses in the country. Missouri is top 25 in scoring offense, scoring 34.1 points per game. They only allow 22.3 points per game. They're top 50 in passing yards. They're 54th in rushing yards. And this offense isn't amazing. They aren't elite. They aren't an NFL offense, but you have to remember, Missouri is not working with what we typically assume to be SEC-caliber talent. They are doing, quite literally, more with less. And that's something that Ohio State this season and most seasons under Ryan Day, it's, it's hard to not do this when you have top three talent and talent that's comparable to Ohio State or Georgia. They have struggled at times with doing more with what they have and also with developing at certain points. The past two years, it was defensively. And this season, offensively, particularly at the offensive line. So I'm curious to see if I'm right or wrong regarding these position breakdowns and also the matchups that I previewed. But I do think Ohio State is overall the more talented team. And I think even if you factor in development and schematics, which Missouri has done an elite job at both of those this season, I still think Ohio State has a pretty hefty advantage position by position. But special teams is an underrated category. And quarterback, especially in two teams that want to use their quarterback, these teams aren't like Michigan. They're not like Army or Air Force or Alabama, where... In the case of the service academies, they don't really use their quarterbacks at all outside of handing off the football or running. Or in the case of Michigan and Alabama, who spoon-feed their quarterback throws, these two teams rely a lot on their quarterbacks. They really do. You look at Brady Cook, and this year he has 351 passing attempts in 12 games. Kyle McCord had 348 passing attempts in 12 games. So... With Brady Cook having that much more experience than Devin Brown and still having a great offensive line 
great receiver core and a running back that could be better than Travion Henderson. Cody Schrader is one of the best running backs in the country. That could give Missouri alone an edge in this matchup. Let's see the players that I think we should be paying attention to in the scheme in particular. And for Missouri, it's running back Cody Schrader. No question about it. Cody Schrader this season is a 1,000-yard rusher, 13 rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 6 yards per carry, and he had impressive games against Georgia. He rushed for 112 yards, one touchdown. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry, and that was on 22 carries. He also had 14 receiving yards. Against Tennessee, that was by far his biggest game of the year, where he had 205 rushing yards against what at the time was touted as an a great Tennessee defense, 35 carries. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry. He had one rushing touchdown. And he had 116 receiving yards on five receptions. And Cody Schrader has only fumbled once this season, and he unfortunately did lose that fumble. But nearly 200 receiving yards and nearly 1,500 rushing yards, 13 total touchdowns from the line of scrimmage. Schrader, as a former walk-on, has been an impressive player. He is one of the best stories in college football right now, 5'9", 214 pounds. I'm interested to see how Eli Drinkwitz and Kirby Moore will utilize Cody Schrader against an Ohio State front that at times brings pressure, but really operates in a very conservative way, where Ohio State will be content with going wide and leaving wide gaps in their D-line and only sending four. To, to get pressure and to cause some chaos, but really Ohio State's more concerned with coverage and keeping you out of the end zone and preventing a big play than they are concerned with stopping you from gaining yard after yard. And I think that is something that can sometimes match up poorly with offenses that have great running backs or offenses that know how to run the football. And that's the case with Missouri, particularly because of running back Cody Schrader. Other players to watch out for regarding the Missouri Tigers. Obviously, Luther Burden III, who's a 1,000-yard receiver, five-star out of high school. Look out for Brady Cook, particularly his rushing attack. I think that Ohio State's secondary is the best in America right now, but I'm curious to see how Ohio State defends a mobile quarterback. They struggled at times doing that against J.J. McCarthy, and Brady Cook is a quarterback that has ran it this season more than J.J. McCarthy has. So I'm curious to see how Ohio State will defend the quarterback run. Defensively for Missouri, look out for Darius Robinson, their leader in sacks, and look out for their secondary, whether that's Chris Abrams' drain, whether that's Dalen Carnell or Ennis Rackenstraw or Joseph Charleston. Look out for their secondary. Missouri has one of the more impressive secondaries in the country per pro football focus for much of the season. And how they'll guard Marvin Harrison Jr. or Mecca Egbuka, who knows? But we'll have to find that out during the Cotton Bowl. For Ohio State, for the Buckeyes, I say Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke is a player to look out for. By the way, just wanted to mention this because I remembered briefly, um, Hopper and Rackenstraw Jr., linebacker and defensive back for Missouri, are out with injuries 
and this was announced Saturday, December 23rd. So they will not be playing in the Cotton Bowl, which is unfortunate. And there are other injuries that have occurred earlier. We won't mention those, obviously, for Ohio State. Mayan Williams is injured. I think he opted out anyway. Kyle McCord transferred away, and Lathan Ransom is still dealing with some injuries relating to a game earlier in the season. So we'll see there on both fronts what players play and don't. There's a chance that multiple stars in this game just play for a few drives and then opt out. But no opt-out so far, officially, from either team, which is pretty incredible, and I love that. But Denzel Burke for Ohio State is a player to look out for because he is one of the better corners in the nation. He's projected to be a first-round corner. He's had quite the bounce back. He had a great season in 2021, a pretty bad season last year. This season, he's gotten back to his 2021 self. Eight passes defended, an interception, and 19 total tackles. And also look out for Josh Proctor, who I think is a sixth or potentially seventh-year player. He has eight passes defended and an interception as well and 41 total tackles. That's another player to look out for, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, Josh Proctor and Denzel Burke are all American caliber defensive backs, but I especially wanted to pay attention to Denzel Burke because he's Ohio State's best corner, and he is likely going to be matched up by Jim Knowles and Tim Walton and Perry Alano and the Ohio State defensive staff. They'll try and get him on Luther Burden, and I'm interested in how that battle will work out. Another player to look out for defensively for the Ohio State Buckeyes, I think, is Jack Sawyer. I think Sawyer, out of Tui Molau and himself, has been the most high-effort and consistent defensive end this season. I still think Tui Molau has the higher ceiling, but how will Sawyer do in applying pressure against Brady Cook, and I've seen him drop back in some soft coverage before, close to the line of scrimmage. Is there a chance that we could see him try and stop Brady Cook and the run game in sort of a spy situation? Offensively for the Buckeyes, Devin Brown obviously is a player to pay attention to in this game, and same with Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr., but also Cade Stover. I'm curious as to how Missouri's linebackers will fare against one of the best tight ends in college football right now. This leads me to making my prediction for this game, which is Ohio State will win 31-17. to I think Missouri will rush for over 100 yards, but struggle to pass against an elite Ohio State secondary. At the end of the day, this means that Missouri will have to be aggressive, they'll have to take some risks, and they'll have to settle for a field goal or potentially multiple field goals. 17 points could be two touchdowns and one field goal, or it could be three field goals and a touchdown with a two-point conversion. And there's a chance that it's the latter with how this Ohio State defense plays in a very bend-but-don't-break way. I think the Tigers' defense will fail to hold up for four quarters, which is why Ohio State will score 31 points. With a month to prepare, this offense will play at a great level. Even with Devin Brown, they could play one of their better offensive games of the whole season and I think the Buckeyes will rush for 150 or more yards and pass for 250 or more Ryan Day and Brian Hartline will find ways to ease Devin Brown into this game because Brown will be playing a great Missouri defense but with Marvin Harrison Jr. who hasn't opted out yet and I presume that he won't same with Emeka Egbuka, Cade Stover 
a great running back in Travion Henderson, an offensive line that's had time to get healthy, rest, recuperate, and also they have had a month to prepare. And Ohio State's offensive line was improving and peaking at the end of the regular season, so there's a chance that Ohio State's offensive line could play their best game of the season in this Cotton Bowl. Also, the Buckeyes, along with the Tigers, are going to, I think, play with a great level of intensity. I think this is going to be a good game. Ohio State will just pull away late and prove to be the superior team. Pull away by what I mean by pull away late is in the second half or fourth quarter, Ohio State will begin to take a lead and then they'll, at the end of the day, win by double digits. They'll win, they'll cover. Both of these teams will be playing with a chip on their shoulder and motivation. If Missouri beats Ohio State, that's not just a big win for the SEC, but Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz get a New Year's Six Bowl win. That's going to help in recruiting when they can say, we beat one of the best programs in college football right now in Ohio State. And for the Buckeyes, there's not as much on the line here in terms of pride to gain, but there is as much on the line in terms of reputation to lose. Losing to Missouri would be a humiliating end for a team that was 11-0 and ranked number one or number two for much of the college football playoff rankings. And a team that was just one drive away from being in Michigan's position right now. 13-0, number one seed, playing in the Rose Bowl against Alabama. And Ohio State wants momentum heading into a 2024 season. I know Missouri does too. But Ryan Day could legitimately, depending on how 2024 goes, he could officially have a warm seat. Not hot seat, full-on hot seat, but he could his seat could get warmer in 2024, depending on the results there. A win in the Cotton Bowl, you can probably convince even more of your players to return, potentially all of them, even though that's unlikely. And you get momentum, Ohio State can... They can get a trophy of some kind. It's another top 10 win for Ryan Day, who has quite the knack of beating top 25 and top 10 teams. This is going to be a good game, and it's between two top 10 teams, and it's the first of the New Year's Six Bowls, and I'm excited to see it on Friday night at 8 p.m. Thank you all for watching this video. Remember to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Thanks to Crash2488 for being my Heisman Patreon sponsor for the month of December. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst for being my All-American patron, sponsor for the month of December. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being all conference patron members. Have a phenomenal day, guys. Again, Merry Christmas, and I'll see you all around. Bye-bye.